Hello everyone, this is the Undercover Witch, and I've got a big treat for you. Like, the biggest, uh, gift I have to y'all, which is my interview with Christian from California Psychics. I have re-recorded this intro so many times, uh, and I've also re-recorded my little bit about... Oracle and Tarot a couple times. Uh, the reason is because I made them a vid or originally, I think, before I, ha I talked with Christian. And then afterwards, there were a few things that I wanted to change or readdress or move around. Because I felt like the topics kind of overlapped a little bit. So this episode is just going to be the interview with Christian, and I'll insert it at the end of this little intro, but uh, Christian is somebody that's really important to me. He is the one that pushed me to do readings and to embrace my empathicness, which is horrible and hard, <laughs> and also to embrace this whole uh, psychic world that I knew so much about and had just been avoiding it for a really long time. Uh, I think he's also somebody that just is kind of uh, my family away from my family. It's funny because actually I'm working with a spiritual advisor right now on uh, just trying to balance having a regular life and a spiritual life and slowly intermixing it. Well, I did a reading with him and he was asking me about my mother and father that weren't actually my mother and father. father. And I was like, Christian? And <laughs> he was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, so... This is really someone that's really important to me in my life and also is very important to a lot of other people because of who he is and how many people he's helped. And um, But also for me, I think my original connection to him wasn't as, oh, he's a psychic. It was actually, oh, he's a psychic. But I also really thought he was a really cool person and I wanted to get to know him despite him being a psychic because uh, he really does have, like, this, it's just like he's like this little container of love and uh, acceptance and he's really amazing. He's a really amazing person. So I am so excited to get to share this interview with y'all. Um, also at the end you'll hear me talking, I was going to add the Oracle Tarot etc. readings along with this one, but since this was so long and we ended up talking for so long, I'm actually going to split this episode into two different parts and I'm going to include the second part to it just a week later. So I'm going to upload this one on the, probably I'm going to say on the 10th. Hold on, let me look at the date. Because I already have it edited and everything. I just have been waiting to upload. And that's a Monday. So that's when I usually upload. Uh, I know I was going to move to Wednesdays. But that wasn't really working with me. So 
the 10th on a Monday is amazing. So I'm going to upload it on June 10th. And then a week from that, on June 17th, I'm going to go ahead and upload the part two, which is all about oracle readings, rune readings, any other type of reading that isn't just purely psychic. So anything with tools. Then, And I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. I'm just going to talk about my personal experience reading cards and how that's impacted the way I read, what to expect when you're showing up to a tarot reading or an oracle reading and the reason that I'm doing it separately but um is because well Christian doesn't read cards he does everything intuitively and I can do everything intuitively but I started with cards and I still use them occasionally so I thought it would be more suitable if I talked about that on my own I do have other people that do different types of reading that readings that are going to come in at the third uh, part to this series, and they're going to talk about what they do. And I have somebody that does tea leaf readings, which is Austin. Y'all know him; he's talked on here before. Uh, and other people that do tarot readings, but we're not so much going to cover the long distance of what to expect when you're coming in. Uh, those people are actually going to come talk to other readers about kind of how readings are going to look from a reader's perspective. So I want to cover uh, first clients kind of what they should expect when it comes to reading with tools. Now, the second episode or the second part of this is, I guess it's actually, this is like, okay, so I have one, I have part, I have episode one, part one and two, and then I have episode two and then episode three. I might have to split them all up. I have no idea how long these are going to be because I think Christians, like, that one went on so long and I wasn't prepared for it. So... The second episode where we're talking about clients talking to other clients and clients talking to me about what they expect or what they think readings are and kind of covering that. I want to talk to people that have, haven't had any readings done and people that have had a lot of readings done by different people. So that isn't really necessarily going to cover readings for clients from a reader's perspective either. So this is why I'm going to add a second part, um, a part two, if you will, to this episode so that I can clarify anything from a card or uh, a perspective of, of reading with tools. And I might even cover it with Austin just because he also works with cards. And like I said, he does he does several different type of readings, and I don't even know the names of them, but he's really good with them. And uh, so I hope that will cover enough so that even if you go to a different reader that maybe uh, doesn't use cards or doesn't use tea leaves or palms but does something else, that you still have somewhat of an idea of what you're walking into. So thank you so much. I am so excited. And I hope y'all enjoy this episode. It was amazing working with Christian. And I want to thank him a million times over 
especially because I think we talked about it before when we were talking about my followers, and I was like, well, I don't really know. I know I share my stuff with a lot of people, uh, people that have, like, thousands and thousands of, uh, of followers on their pages and etc. but I really only have about 10 listeners that are followed, and I have, like, less than a, like, I think less than 50 people that come in and just listen to my podcast generally. I have more people that read my blog, and really it's not that much more. It's still less than 100 people. I, I no, actually, that's not true. Uh, I think it's grown since then, but I haven't been keeping up with it anymore as much, so I'm not really sure where it's sitting right, right now. But I, I have this issue where I can, like, it, on my YouTube, I used to have maybe 700 views a video, and I would take, like, I took all of my videos down. And so sometimes, even though something is really successful from the outside for me, I, like, it, it doesn't fit with the image I'm trying to create, so I'll take it back. So I'm really excited to be putting this out and gladly accepting of however it turns out, and even if it's just for my few followers, I am so happy that I get to create something of quality for them to listen to. And I really hope that in the future I can just reshare this to the world when I have more followers and more people listening in so that they can enjoy this as well. So again, thank you, and please enjoy this whole episode that's about psychic readings and what to expect. This is the Undercover Witch. I'm Gabby, and I am talking with... Hi, I'm Christian. We're going to be talking about psychic readings and kind of what you can expect from them, mm. and hopefully we can give a little bit more information on just how they work in general and kind of a little bit about what we do. So I'm going to let Christian talk a little bit about him. So I have been a professional psychic for almost 10 years now. Um, and I work for an international psychic agency uh, called California Psychics. Um, I have for about five years now. Um, and I've been registered as one of their number one psychics over the years. So hopefully my history of professional work will help me to answer some of these questions in a way that makes sense. <laughs> Hopefully. And as you'll know, I've worked for Psychic Text and I've been re doing readings for, I think, two years. So uh, we're hoping to answer a few of these questions. I grabbed these questions from uh, different people that are very new to, just actually new to spirituality in general, but also I included a couple of questions that would help uh, give a, what's the word, like context first into psychic readings in general and then questions that people have. So I'm mostly going to be asking Christian the questions mm. and I'll jump in. It'll okay. become more of a dialogue. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, so one of the, the most important and main question is what is a psychic reading and how would you define what you do? Because I think just from knowing you, like, mm -hmm. that's different. Yeah. I can tell you that my definition as a reader and the definition as a person receiving a reading, it will be different. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, 
my own personal experience, uh, psychic reading is really an opportunity for me to dig in with another person um, with information that I probably shouldn't have um, yeah. <laughs> about uh, it's really kind of a no holds barred situation where I can help people to unearth the primary emotional issues that they have uh, facing an issue um, or help people to unearth some of their grief um, as a medium, helping them to reconnect with lost uh, loved ones or friends or um, whatever have you, and being able to address that uh, there's continuity, that life doesn't end just because we leave the physical body. Um, it's different and it's hard to really define because readings are such an individual process because people are so unique. Um, you could read a hundred people and it will never be the same reading twice. Um, God knows I've read more than that. Um, <clears throat> I can say that for a person receiving a reading, um, it, it's funny because I have a lot of people who tell me right before they pick up with me, they receive first a feeling of adrenaline, like uh, there's an excitement about what's about to happen, and sometimes they'll say that they experience like bubble guts because the uh, spirit starts to work on their energy so that they can get ready to be open, which is really kind of a jarring experience too, being kind of spiritually naked in front of another person. and. Um, whether you're in person or on the phone or through text, um, it is a really uh, vulnerable space, but it's also a really beautiful space. Um, I think vulnerability is the only way that we really get to uh, a real place of healing. So I think that's where readings really do their best work is when um, you sit down in front of another person and you're willing to bear all, when there's no uh, limitations and you go in with courage. And also, that's interesting because I've done a reading with you. Or, well, you've done a reading for me. Let's put that because that could go either way. <laughs> but you've done a reading for me, and I even experienced that anxious kind of like everything was crashing down. And it's interesting because when I do readings for people, I like to work with very shielded people. And I'm kind of glad that that doesn't, they don't experience that before because that doesn't happen. Because, and especially with me, like my first instinct is to, oh, we're not doing this. <laughs> so I really, like, I enjoy working with, like, heavily shielded people, like mm. people that have had their shield up for a long time, and it's like they never learned how to let it come down. So they're no longer in situations where they need it, but they still have it up. And I like working with them a lot because it's like, okay, it's not going to always come off. Like, that initial first sitting down is really hard because... I get that. You have to, like, pull the information slowly out. It's not just, like, easily accessible, even though it kind of is. It's, it's not like, easy to talk to them about. It's like raveled yarn. Yeah. You have to slowly unravel them. Yeah. yeah. I get that. And so those take a few different sittings, but I'm glad <laughs> because <laughs> that doesn't happen because I feel like a lot of the readings that I would do, I can't think of one person that would still be really like, oh, yeah, I still really want to do this. Because I think they'd all back away and like, nope, I'm real. I'm too nervous. I can't do it. What's really funny to me is that the I have a I have a ton of uh, repeat clients from years and years and years and years, and 
Um, for me, the reason why people come back is because it, individual style is so unique yeah. to every single psychic. There's no two people that are alike, and so there's no two readers that there that are alike, and the deliveries will be different. Mm-hmm. And my company tries to fine tune. They give you like three different parameters. It's like inspirational, compassionate, yeah. or direct. And really, I don't think those are adequate. No. <laughs> I think it's a little bit more of a blurred line than that. But I, I think that the the thing about it is that when you sit down with a person, your energy is going to gravitate the kinds of people that are ready for a reading with you. Um, so I think really just as a as a reader, right, asking what is a psychic reading, I think it's really just an expression of your own spirit and a desire to help another person. Um and I think if you are open and receptive enough, the information flows and it moves through you with ease. Um, it's funny, we had this conversation earlier about my, uh, my sense of self-trust being one of the great keys to why I do this. Um, I think part of the reason why I deal well with people who are vulnerable and open is because I know how to navigate it because I experience it in myself. Right. And I don't really put up a wall to anything mm-hmm. that doesn't need to have a wall. Like, I know how to protect right. myself and I know how to shield, but I also know how to be really, really open and bare myself and not be afraid to do it. That's interesting because, like, I think I'm always, like, my family, just my upbringing has always been around very shielded people that just insanely (laughs) insanely (laughs) shielded and also kind of ignorant so me i was the most vulnerable person and that was always my strength to other people is how vulnerable vulnerable i can be with others because Mm -hmm. there was nothing that was unreachable with me Mm -hmm. and or untouchable like we could talk about anything and so having that and being that example could help other people open up that way. Mm-hmm. But from this question, I won't, because we, we kind of covered trusting um, the information that we're given and also mm-hmm. yeah. what the difference is between the definition for a reading for a reader and for the definition for someone who uh, is a client or hasn't got a reading yet. Um, Okay, because there was one about major misconceptions mm-hmm. or common misconceptions. I can say that one of the major um, misconceptions that people, I, I think, go into it expecting are that um, sitting down with a person that a psychic is infallible when it comes to like timing or mm-hmm. uh, movement around something or a decision that somebody's going to make. The, the conflict with psychic ability is um, everything is based on free will. Um, and where you read uh, from any one point in time, people may make different decisions. They may choose a different path. You can explain the emotions around why you think they're going to move in that direction. You can explain the mm-hmm. path that you see it moving in because of this, 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 and this, but it's really just categorical. You're looking at uh, different elements of a situation and then developing an opinion. Now, you can look at something. There, There is precognition. Um, and there are, but there are two different types of timelines. Um, this is something that isn't discussed a lot, but mm-hmm. it's something that I really like to address. There are two things I call them: concrete and temporal. Uh, temporal timelines move based on decision. Concrete timelines are things that are connected to a person's destiny or life path. Um, the concrete timelines don't move. You could throw a meteor at the Earth, and they would still go through it. 
hiding in a cave trying to survive. Yeah. <laughs> it's still much. gonna happen. <laughs> it's like probably the best explanation of it that I've heard though. Yeah. Like because I've had to explain this to people too. Just the difference in like you don't understand this isn't gonna affect what you're going to go through. This isn't gonna change that. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard because I think a lot of people um, especially because I was on psychic text and a lot of people there go for did I mess this up? Did I mm-hmm. mess up my opportunity? Did I mess up, you know, you know, all of these things that I was supposed to become or was supposed to happen or, you know, and it, it doesn't really work that way. One of the other things I, I really want to say is that like getting a, this is, there's, there's two elements to this. Getting a reading um, does not mean that everything that a psychic says has to become your reality. Mm-hmm. That's the other bit of this. Um, you have an incredible amount of power uh, to affect your own destiny, to make decisionary changes that are going to shift your life, that are going to move you in a different direction, and you have an infinite capacity to change directions. Now, um, things that you need to learn for your soul growth those are still going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of your journey. Um, there is no escaping grief. There is no escaping mm-hmm. pain. It doesn't matter how many decisions you make. Those things are inevitable. It's a part of the human experience. But you can decide how things happen or where things happen. You could up and relocate or you could break up with that guy or you could change careers and make a completely different run of it. But if something is meant for you in regards to your own personal growth, this is something that you need to experience in this life, you're going to go through it. Um, so sometimes it's a practice of, okay, what can I change in the situation? What's mine to choose? And then recognizing what needs to happen as well. Um, so common misconceptions may be that you have no power to affect things. You have a lot of power to affect things. I would venture to say most things in your life. Um, 99%, but there's always that one. Mm -hmm. There's always that one. So I think part of going to get a reading also, um, is recognizing where a psychic is at in their their own intention to, um, for reading you. Yeah. That's a really big thing. Everybody's Um, got an agenda. We'll come back to that part a little bit. Uh, But let's go back and the type of the topics that you usually cover with the clients. And what are your favorite things to focus on? Because we were (laughs) talking a little bit about that too. Um. I, okay, so that question is really broad, but I'm going to fine tune it down. So I'll come at at it from the element of my company. Um, Okay. So the company lists a series of things. It's like destiny, life, path, love, and relationships, career, um, and, and f- there's a few different elements. Like like they call them like subsections of that, right. but really those are like the main things that people ask for. Um, and then mediumship. Um, so being able to connect with people who have crossed over. My favorite personal readings to do are. Um, <laughs> this is gonna sound so weird. I really love hard readings. I really, really, I like emotional, complicated, so many angles that you have to look at to be able to find to, and I really like, my favorite thing to do is to read for a person who does not speak and to go through the emotional, call it mess, right, of, of life with them in their situation and be able to dig through that and then to give them Peace. I have a lot of clients who literally tap once for yes and twice for no and they don't speak. And uh, this is from like, I, I started doing it for like 10 clients and then now I have like maybe 
200 that use this. And it's crazy to me because going through it, I dig through emotional stuff and I hear the tap system and then I'll hit a soft spot and I feel myself digging through some emotional stuff with them and I can feel the shift happening and then I hear a sniffle in the background and I'm like, oh, there we go. Or sometimes people will mute their phone and then yeah. forget that they're doing it and I just keep going and then when I, they finally unmute their phone, they're like, I'm sorry, I was trying to talk to you. This is just beautiful. So, <laughs> but my favorite, to answer that simply, my favorite readings to do are not a topic necessarily. Yeah. It's not a, because everything is on the table with me. There's mm-hmm. nothing that's uncomfortable. I can talk about sex. I can talk about intimacy. I can talk about love and relationships. I can talk about why he's not calling you back. We can talk about your career and mm-hmm. your boss who's a total bitch and is messing up your vibe and all of that. We can do all the stuff. Nothing is off the table or grandma, you know what I mean? Whatever it is. Right. Um, but my favorite things to do are the things that are hard or, or emotionally complex because they unravel the greatest change in a person. And it gives them the opportunity to be more free and to live their life more checked in. I can agree with that. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing to just, I don't know. Like, even when I was just doing um, my work on psychic text it was like there was readings that you would go through and then you would hit one and that was like this is the person that I was really supposed to talk to today mm. and I really liked that um I love those I, yeah this I is love the whole that. reason I was supposed to oh, log on today oh god oh like, you were it <laughs> there was there was even times when it was like midnight and I was like I need to log on right now yep. and Austin's like why like no I need to log on right now and I'd log on and I'd sit there and then I'd have one person call me, and we'd talk for, like, the next four hours or whatever. And it was like, okay, that was it. Okay, cool. Done. Like, I wasn't planning on logging on because I have all my stuff. I had all my stuff scheduled. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, I needed to get on, like, right now. I love when Spirit tells favorite. me that. Yeah. When I, I'll be in the middle of doing something or I'll log off. And I know, because I, my line's always full, but there's always one person. And mm-hmm. I have a really long wait time. Like, it takes about eight months to get a hold of me at at my full time Mm -hmm. and in waiting for that period of time there are people that would not be able to reach me otherwise or there are like serious emotional situations that just hit them and spirit will say wait wait you have to help this person wait this person really needs you today and I will log back on out of it and it will be the best reading that I do all day it'll be the most I- emotional and profound and it's, it it yeah those readings are the reason why any psychic who does this professionally does this job yeah because you know at the end of the day that you're making a difference and there's really nothing more important for a healer mm-hmm. my other favorite ones is meeting people that are like me that are like and like i said like empathic mm-hmm. or you know like oh this you're 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 gonna be a reader we got this you just need to figure your stuff out come on (laughs) and like they'll ask me something like i don't know it could be totally unrelated and i just have to i can't even stop myself i'm just like okay but we have to go over this too because (laughs) i'm really excited we have to go over this i see myself in you (laughs) yes i I know that i know soul tribe yeah um let's see what else okay and I think we already covered this a little bit, is um, how do you describe the energy shifts before, during, and after the reading takes place? (laughs) (laughs) So this is a weird one. Everybody experiences this differently. 
Um, but what I will say is I want to cover before, uh, during is a process, after is its own process. Mm-hmm. Each one of them is different. Yeah. Uh, before, uh, from, from my personal experiences, and I'll, I'll describe what other clients have expressed while reading with me. And this is things that I hear repeatedly from people who don't know each other because they live on different sides of the globe. Mm-hmm. So, um... <clears throat> A lot of clients express that adrenaline feeling, that feeling of I'm nervous because I know something's about to happen that's going to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go through that. It, it, for people who are shielded all the time and are not used to change, it feels like, oh shit, my world is falling apart. Yeah. Um, and for people who are really prepared for the change, it feels like the most exciting thing that they're going to do all day. So it really differs from person to person based on how receptive you are to the process um, and how open you are to that kind of transformation and that growth. Um, During a reading, a lot of people say that by the time that they sit down in the chair, they feel completely at peace. Um, Or by the time that they... And this is for readings in front of me in person, but over the phone, I have a lot of people who tell me, like, they'll be in the middle of talking to me and this wave comes over them from something and I, I call it spirit um, it moves I can feel it move through me while I'm reading there's like a mm-hmm. flow almost like of water or energy or electricity it's like all of the above warmth and heat and tingle and I feel it flow from me into that person I can feel the connection between the two of us build and as that happens I can hear it in their voice that they start to settle Mm-hmm. Even when things get difficult, I find that spirit acclimates another person's energy too while I'm working with them so that they can receive the information. So a lot of people that go through really hard stuff, um, it helps them to unpack in a way that's more safe and helps them to unpack their painful, traumatic experiences sometimes in a way that feels like they're doing it with their best friend because there's a connection now developed between the two of us. And after a reading, this is my favorite part, most people, I would venture to say about 90%, 99%, really, it's really high, mm-hmm. um, say that they almost feel high after they're done. Um, especially if I really get into that flow space, it's almost oh, yeah, trance. Because they're like, yeah, I've, I love it when people do that because then they're just like, I don't even know what to do now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't even know yep. what to do. <laughs> I answered all my questions, and now that they're solved, I don't know what to do. Because I I think part of it, too, though, is that when you carry it around like the suit of armor, all yeah. these problems that you have, so when you don't have them, you feel completely naked, and you don't know what to do. It's like when you get out of the water, do. like when you've been swimming all day, and you get out of the water, and it's like... Oh, God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Grab the towel. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I've had people like sit on my couch just like afterwards. And I'm just like, I'm just going to let them sit. Yep. <laughs> and just. Let yeah. them unpack from the energy. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a lot um, being that open and that porous for so long when you are not used to it. If you're not a person who would consider themselves intuitive or uh, psychic, it can be very jarring. Um, this is an interesting fact, and I don't know if it pans into the describing the energy shift, but kind of. Yeah, it does. Um, reading for other psychics. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a lot. It's great. I, I, uh, I think that's like the number one thing I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, it's really funny because I have a, I have a long list of people, but... Um, you can wiggle your way into my line if you work for the company. It's the one way that you can get to the front of the line. Oh, interesting. Um, so the, uh, I have a lot of psychics who call me the psychic psychic. 
Um, it's psychics. Psychic. psychic. Sorry, that just sounded like I said psychic, psychic. So, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh, so anyway, uh, I have a lot of psychics on the website who call me the psychics psychic because I read for a lot of them and I understand because of being a lifelong psychic, all of the things that come with this from uh, a varied experience. I've been a professional psychic for almost 10 years, but I've been this psychic since I was very, very young um, and always been connected and always been communicating with spirit. Like I've always had that feeling um, or hearing voices. You know, when you think you're schizophrenic, I'm sure oh, some yeah. of you get that. Um, <laughs> the strug. So... Story of my life. <laughs> so... Um, but reading for other psychics is a really profound experience because sometimes I go through what I call the mirror experience, which is I'm in your head and you're in mine and I'm in yours <laughs> in my own head. So I'm reading myself through you and you're reading yourself through me and then I'm reading you. So you're receiving information That's from great. me and from yourself through me. Yeah. It's really crazy. It's like uh, talking into a microphone in front of a speaker with the microphone right in front of it. It hears itself, hearing itself, hearing itself, hearing itself. Oh, really yeah. Weird. It's, it's weird. It's and like I an echo. Have, like, and I was just doing a reading the other day because I have a little project because <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I found you. Like, And I've known this was coming, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> it's just, but I was doing, um, I did something or I messaged them because I was like, hey what's going on today and they're like how did you know and they came right over and he was like but you know what's going on because we were just doing this thing like <laughs> we didn't even talk the whole time but we got everything covered and then at some point I was like okay we got to stop this because you actually have to say this stuff out loud just this part because you have to like acknowledge it like out and loud it. and yeah. address it so we can't just keep doing this. <laughs> but we were going through I this whole thing. But eventually you have to be real with it. Yeah, at, at like the most we said throughout that whole, like, I think it was like almost an hour. It was like, but you know that. Like, it was like, you know, you know. <laughs> I know this exact conversation. <laughs> I've probably had this with about a thousand people in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. I love that conversation. <laughs> It's weird when you are, uh, one of the things that I, oh, this isn't pertaining to this question, but this is, well, I guess it is for me. So we're going to answer it in this way. Um, when I am reading for a person who has one specific gift, my own personal energy shifts to address the situation based on that one gift. Yeah. That's the one that comes most to the surface. And I've, like, I've talked to other people that do readings too, Mm -hmm. and you know, if they're like, are you clairvoyant or are you this or are you this? Because mm-hmm. they start having those, like, they've never been clairvoyant or ever, like, really connected to, you know, that side of themselves. Mm. So whenever they do a reading for me and they're like, I'm hearing things in the house. Like, do you usually hear things? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I do. Like, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I can pretty much, I this is a, it's a weird gift I've had since I was a kid. I can look at a person or feel a person's energy or be standing next to them and I can tell what gifts they have yeah I because I can feel it in my own body um it's a it's a kind of a manifestation of clairsentience almost but it's right. like clairsentient claircognizance mixed together yeah um it's I don't know how I do it I can just feel it I've never been able to teach that to anybody else um but being able to feel that I can say oh 
I know that they have this gift and not say it out loud, but then do the reading and feel those gifts come to the surface. And I can say, this is why this is coming through because these are your gifts. And they're like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Right. Um, it's almost always, I, I would actually <clears throat> venture to say, I don't think I've ever been wrong with that. Identifying a person's so. gifts. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, but that's interesting because I have a question further down. Hold on. <laughs> because what was it? Oh, yeah. Did we already talk about that? Like, how do you know what someone else is feeling or what they're seeing? Ah, okay. Or what? So I think that plays into that, too, in a way, because you can also tell what kind of gifts that they're having. Yeah. At that like, and also, I freaked a couple people out because there's, <laughs> there's, like, some empaths that I know. And a lot of them, if they're near me and I'm having, like, a moment with spirit, they mm. tap into that and it's like, what's happening? And they're not really kind of in that mix anyway, but they feel it coming off. I get that. Yeah. I'm caught up in how to answer this question. Okay. Okay. Because I didn't think you'd be okay. So the ones highlighted in blue, I did not think you'd be able to answer easily. Oh, that's an easy one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) there's uh, there's three questions highlighted in blue. Um, The first one I I feel confident with. Uh, How do you feel or see what I feel or see? So, um, my gifts, I, I have all of the Claire's and mm-hmm. I'm a medium and I'm a, a physical and mental double empath and double medium. So I f- will see spirit, uh, physically and, uh, I see spirit in my mind in, mm-hmm. uh, messages and metaphors and symbols and signs and smells and all that stuff. Um, I will physically smell something or sometimes get the impression mentally of something that I'm experiencing. So like, it's sort of like when you're thinking about something (laughs) and an image pops into your head, like a, you think of a rose and you can picture the rose in your mind, except I'm not asking to picture a rose. It just happens. And so that's a very obscure message, but seeing it, you understand from your own personal experiences what a rose symbolizes to you. Mm -hmm. And if you understand what that message is, you can translate it to another person. So spirit will only communicate with you in a way that you can understand through your gift. So if you see, like for instance, uh, I'll give you an example. And this, I cracked up when I heard this, but the Long Island Medium, um, who I'm not 100% a fan of, if I'm being totally honest, but I think money is a problem, you know? Um, But anyway, I she said once that her symbol for New Jersey is a donkey mm-hmm. and I was like what and that doesn't make sense to anyone else now if you're like yeah. oh you're from New Jersey and they're like how do you know that and you're like I just saw a donkey they're gonna be like <laughs> what <laughs> wait 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 what yeah um but to you you will understand what that symbol is for you. For me, uh, New Jersey looks like flower bed because it's the garden state. That's how I visualize it. Um, it also looks like Bloomfield, which looks like hot garbage. Um, both of those symbols, if I see those things, I'm like, oh, you're from New Jersey. That's where this came from. <laughs> um, like I have a symbol for Newark, which is one guy's face. One person who I know who lives in Newark and that's it. Um, ironically, I don't think he lives in Newark anymore. Still That's the awesome. symbol for Newark. It's That's a thing. Awesome. I like that. Um, but I understand what those messages yeah. mean, and I interpret them through my language into a way that you can understand them verbally. And so when I see or hear or feel or smell 
taste, whatever, those things, I communicate through my signs and symbols and I communicate through that inner knowing, which I can just feel when I connect to you, what those things mean and it creates a storyline. It sort of paints a picture using those symbols so that you can understand what's going on. Empathy's much more clear cut though, to be honest. Clairvoyance <laughs> is its own thing, clairaudience yeah. is its own thing. Um, but each one of the gifts is like learning a new language. It's, it's interesting because like being an empath, I can't relate to what it would be like having clairaudience or clairvoyance or anything and not be an empath. Because yeah. I see something and I feel it mm. first and then I know it. So it's like I can't imagine looking at, well I guess I can because... No, okay, I lied. I can. Because there are times whenever, like, especially when I'm talking to someone and, you know, there's, a, like, a spirit with them that's connected with them. Like, I've talked mm -hmm. to somebody with her mother, or not her mother, somebody passed away. And immediately I got the, like, I knew I had to say, like, right at this moment, like, fuck that. <laughs> and I said, I'm not going to say that. Like, I said out loud, I'm not going to say that. And then uh -huh. I was like, oh, no, I have to say this. This, that answer <laughs> is my favorite thing. So people who need to know this, if you, how do you, this is a question that was asked, I'm sure a million of you are probably asking this question, like how do you know that this information is psychic? Yeah. I can tell you that when it comes through in a way that you would never do yourself, that's how you know it's psychic. Yes. If this is something I would never come up with on my own, there's no way that I would think like, this. Like, yeah. I uh, I was, I, I worked at the shop for a period of time, and this woman's son had passed who owned the shop, and uh, in communicating with uh, her, her friend, hold on, her son's friend was having a conversation with her son's father. Um, so we'll call him Michael. Michael's friend was talking about this woman that he had met and he was like really upset about it and he said in spirit you're just mad you didn't sleep with her it was a little more crass than that and it was in it was in like a public setting so i was like i can't say what you just said what do you mean and then it, i said it to uh michael's mother afterward and she looked me in the eyes and like cracked up. She's like, that's a hundred percent my son. That is mm -hmm. so what he would have said to him. It's not even funny. Like it's, it would have been so perfect. He probably would have busted out laughing, but I was so caught by what yeah, happened. Cause I would never hard. say that in a yeah. public setting. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> it was the most awkward laugh. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, one of the ways that you can specify information is not you. Um, it just creating a story is, is if it's something that you would never do on your own, if it's so far out of your comfort zone or so far out of uh, something that you would say ordinarily, and maybe some of you are like really, really direct and you're like not afraid to say anything and like good for you. Like I applaud See, you. We're not then, there. Yeah. No, well, even then, like I pretty much will say anything or do anything. But when it comes to a reading and when it comes to that person and I know like something seems weird because like in yeah. that situation, it was like the even like where the message was coming from and to the message who it was going to was both very soft and very sweet mm. and very light and i was like what and so then i just went with it and then <laughs> and busted out laughing like that is like out of everything you just said that's how i know yeah and i was and then i was also Those interesting the... because it's like 
Yeah. Those are the moments that I can tell that a reading is traversing into what I call evidentiality. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between what I call like an unpracticed medium and an evidential medium. Uh, Evidential mediums are mediums that through those communications verify the existence of spirit. I Um, love that. And so for you to have that one-to-one connection with a person and do what I call an evidential reading by crossing into that boundary of this is beyond my comfort zone Mm -hmm. or this is not my delivery or this is not my personality or this is not how I would say a thing or it's specific language that you wouldn't (laughs) normally use. That's how you know that what you're doing is traversing into that boundary of spirit um, and into that boundary of evidentiality. And that's where you have readings that are what I call life-changing. They're readings that totally set people free from the paralysis of this life, the idea that they're going to die, that they're never going to see those people again, that they're somehow further away than they can access even if they are there, mm-hmm. it creates a bond again when you feel like you've lost it. And that's those, I can tell you honestly, my favorite readings that I have ever done, all of them, I have probably maybe, it's actually a really high number, but I have like... you going to give me a number like 452 Yeah, or literally like there's, there's probably 200 of them. Yeah. And that sounds like a lot, but I've done a lot of readings over the years. Like, That's actually like lower than I thought you were going to say. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I fine-tuned it down, but my favorite readings that I have ever done of those like about maybe 200, I, they're, almost all of them are mediumship readings because mm-hmm. the change that you see in people after that moment is so much more real than their own life. Yeah. And it changes their whole perspective on life after you're done, especially when they're evidential. Mm -hmm. Like, can I tell a story? Yeah. Do we have time? Okay. So (laughs) I did this reading for a woman. Um, She, I'm going to come up with, well, I'll just, I'll just tell the story. So um, I'm like, I'm going to come up with fake names and locations. There's no reason for this. Um, so complicated. She would be so happy for me to tell the story anyway. So she, because it, it was like so over the top for her. So I was reading for this woman and she immediately picked up the phone and her voice was incredibly low and she sounded so depressed. Like, I don't know if you've ever experienced a person who is really actively contemplating suicide, but you can hear it in the way that they're talking. Um, her voice was withdrawn and she sounded almost disconnected from herself. She felt dissociated. And I started reading for her and I said, I want you to know that anything that I talk about, um, some of this information is going to be really hard. And that's how I preface hard information before I begin. I said, mm-hmm. I- I'll prep you for like the difficulty of what I'm going to say. I'm going to ask if it's okay because I'm really about consent. Consent's really important, okay. um, especially when I'm traversing those boundaries. Even though nothing is off the table for me, I want to make sure that it's on the table for you. Mm-hmm. Um, once I went and started reading, I was in a black sedan car. I was in this uh, Chevy, um, like, SUV thing. I don't know how to... Sedan is not the right word. Um, It was an SUV. There were three people in the car. I described what they looked like and what was happening. And then as I was in the car, we hit a patch of black ice, and I felt the car start to spin, and then we went over a guardrail. And I described the people and what their experiences were and I told her I need you to know that none of them were awake at the point of impact it was the most important thing that she needed to hear but I described the car I described what it looked like I described the people I described a mole on the little the not little boy the young man's face next to me um who was her son her son her husband and her sister 
all died on a single day and that was her entire family that was still living. That was, she was the only person that was left. She was all alone in this big house. They had gone on a trip to Canada and they hit a patch of black ice and they went over a guardrail. And she couldn't go with them because she was sick that day. And she was living with survivor's guilt. She was living with that survive, survivor's regret um, that she wished that she had been there, that she had gone uh, so that she would be with them. And in the middle of talking to her, her sister came through in spirit and said to me, I need you to know about the angel in my bedroom. And I said, okay, what do I need to know about it? <laughs> yeah, so we started having a little chit chat. And she said, I need you to know that it was on my bedside table. And I need you to know that she cleaned my house for me. And I want to say thank you for it. But that she's taking that angel. And I said, but she didn't want to take the angel. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> and there are moments where I think spirit goes from the spiritual world into the physical. And you see, this is one of the most significant things I've had happen in a reading. This is like top five. But um, I was talking with her. She had cleaned out her sister's house. Nobody else helped her. There was nobody else to help her because everybody was gone. And I said to her, I need you to go look at your bedside table. I said, the angel, I, there's something about the angel on your sister's bedside table. I need you to go look at your bedside table. She's like, I didn't take that. I didn't want it. It was hideous. And I said, your sister really wants you to have it. It's one of her favorite things. She said, yeah, I know it's one of her favorite things, but I always thought it was ugly. I was like, okay, go look at your bedside table. And she walked in and literally all of a sudden the phone clicked and she had to get back into customer service and get to the front of the line. And I did three readings and she came back and she was sobbing the angel had moved from what she had thought was in the trash into pristine condition on her bedside table it had moved based on apparently her sister's energy had moved it because she really wanted her to have it and it went from her least favorite object into her favorite thing in her whole house yeah all at once this ugly ass angel <laughs> was suddenly her favorite thing in the world. Um, and those are moments where I, I think to myself, if I've ever questioned if what I do is real or not, mm -hmm. those moments to me are so miraculous that there's no other way I could describe it other yeah. than to call it real. Like there's yeah. no way around that. I, I love, I've never had that happen like in a reading setting, but just in my own life mm. is full of it. Like from when I was little, and I think my most recent thing was, um, weird story, because, <laughs> sorry, but I was actually, like, at an eye doctor's, and it was really weird, because this, like, I don't know, like, when somebody asks to look at your eye and get up close to you, like, three different times with no machine or no equipment, no nothing, it's like, okay, something's going on here, and, and... Since I was little, I've always had, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's me. Like, I've never really dissected it, and I just kind of let it be. But <laughs> is whenever I'm in a situation that seems dangerous or mm -hmm. that I'm, or that's actually dangerous, because there's been moments where I'm like, oh, I don't know about this, but <laughs> it's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> uh, there's always something that happens, and, like, that time the the lights in the room busted. Like, they just busted, and I was like, okay. Love that. And, spirit. Yeah, thank you. And he freaked out. He didn't, like, every time, like, I go in now, because I still go, I'm like, because I'm, I was, like, I don't know. I still go to the same person. Mm -hmm. Only person takes my insurance, whatever. And every time, it's just, like, inching away from me. <laughs> and I'm just, like, are Thanks. you? Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Because that's great. <laughs> yeah. 
How are you so blessed with this gift? How are you so blessed? I, um, how is a good question. I Mm. don't believe that we're given anything in this life that we can't handle. And that sounds like very cookie cutter stuff. But I can tell you that the reason why I have this is because, well, my life is not, I know some of you probably relate to it as sensitives. Uh, Sensitives receive really hard journeys Mm -hmm. um, because it teaches us empathy in a really significant, stark, personal way. Um, and so we go through really, really hard journeys early oftentimes, and we experience significant trauma because we're so open and porous that other people just walk in and out of our, our field, our lives, our experience, and sometimes create trauma out of their own unconsciousness, um, out of their own lack of, uh, awareness about your pain or your, your journey or your sensitivity or any of that and what mm-hmm. that causes. So, um, for me... Personally, I think we are given those experiences in a way as a gift so that we can have a multitude of uh, relatable experiences Mm -hmm. to create those symbols, to create those, not just safety for ourselves, right? In our own personal personal lives, like going to visit the eye doctor and him being a weird creep um, and a light blowing out to protect you, but also things like Um, being in a situation and uh, being able to help another person out of a situation like seeing this girl looks unsafe she doesn't feel like she's with somebody that she really trusts and this guy is doing some weird things her body language is changing I can feel her energies off right I'm gonna go into the situation I'm gonna go talk to her and I'm gonna go step in so that she can step out um yeah I've 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 done that over the years in a lot of gay bars, ironically. Really weird. Like, oh, no, that's not weird. That's normal. Lot that's of, unfortunate. A lot of straight I men frequent that me. place because they know yeah. girls go to gay bars to feel safe, so they drop their guard. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, what do I do? I go and uh, dance up on them. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy gets creeped out and leaves. Um, you can only twerk on somebody so long before they have to leave. That's pretty much... There's a, there's a timing rule there. I'm pretty sure it's just permanent. Um, <laughs> anything more than 15 seconds, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how have I been blessed with the gift is a good question. I can tell you that we stand on the shoulders of every grandmother who prayed, of every mother who mm-hmm. stepped out on faith to have you. I am here, and I think I have this gift because I come out of generations of people who were spiritually connected and chose to exercise that spiritual connection. I think it's an inherited gift, but I Mm -hmm. also think it's something you decide whether or not you want to practice um, because it's a muscle. You can be born naturally athletic, but it's being psychic is like being able to sing, right? Some people can just do it. They can hear themselves. They can carry a tune. They can do those things. And some people can't carry a tune in a bucket, but they can practice and get better at it but not every person is going to be the Michael Phelps of psychic readings you know what I mean not everybody's going to be that way everyone's going to be Christian (laughs) 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 I I can tell you like there are so many people who are like prolific psychics that I know who were had a natural acumen for it but were not that good until they started practicing oh and then once they started practicing their gifts just exploded and it's really a matter of i think part of it is inherited and part of it is showing up for it oh yeah and deciding to commit yourself to that healing journey because when you say yes to spirit spirit says yes to you 
because for the longest time I think I said no. Well, it's interesting too because just coming from my side of things is that's why I so hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I had that in my intro because I do have a little introduction. And I was like, this is somebody that was necessary for me to even be talking on here. Okay, because like my whole childhood, it wasn't that it wasn't exercise. It was constantly exercise because I felt like. My family and people around me always used me for that reason. Taking this year, like, how am I making these big life decisions for someone else? Because you know I know certain things, but it's for my benefit so that I know what to do when I'm older. Like, I didn't really get that safety net. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like people were denying it. People knew and they abused it. Mm -hmm. So coming into when I was older, I just... There was a point where I was just like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what you want me to do. I know I'm here to teach people. I know that that is, like, literally the whole main focus of my life and my soul, and I just don't want to do it. I'm not doing it. (laughs) I have a profound aversion to being used for my gifts rather than being accessed. Like, I don't know how to explain that. Like, there's a difference between showing up for a reading and being ready to show up for the healing. Right. And showing up for a reading because you are trying to use me to get ahead. Right. Or to use me to, for, for leverage like purposes. Like, you're the tool. Or, exactly. And not the... If you've dehumanized yeah. me, I'm not going to read you. It's See, yeah, and I've got... Like, I've had to realize that not everybody is trying to use me in that way. Mm. And that was really hard. So a little red flag that pops up. Gift. <laughs> it what to me was not a gift. It was something I was like, no way in hell, uh, Christian. No. No. It's <laughs> I <laughs> I get I got why you were afraid when I said it, but I can tell you that it's not a gift until you choose to give it away. Right. And once you give the gift right to another person you use that in a way that comes from a really open loving caring and compassionate place you don't fully understand why it's there but once you do that and you give that gift it becomes that gift to you see and i think that's so fun because like my new project that (laughs) i have it was almost like oh oh shit like you went through this whole same thing but you didn't get your closure and like I don't I don't feel like I ever got mine but at the same point I'm like I don't need somebody else to close Mm -hmm. up my shit like I'm good and I've always understood that but this person I don't think does and so not only that but um doesn't have the opportunity to get that anyway and so like seeing that other people are also abused in a way and other people like their parents or whoever know that they have these gifts and are using it against them or are abuse or using it to abuse them like those situations and that's why I like to work with shielded people and shielded empaths might I say because there's a lot of people that are shielded up as an empath and they have a lot of anxiety because they know things that they don't know how they know but it's like you're feeling it you just aren't aware of it. So just helping those people out because they've gone through so much trauma and and I like I hate like physical trauma too is there's just certain types of things that I'm like, that's just so horrible, but at the same time I've been through th- through yeah, it. I get it. So being able to help those type of people is like the reason why I was like, Okay, you know what, I'll do this. I get that. 
I can tell you that in my years of doing this, um, what you heal in other people is what you need. Mm -hmm. So like what you find, people that come to you, the people that connect to your energy, what you're going to deliver in a reading nine times out of 10 is the exact information that you need to hear. So if you're in a space where your own, and I'm not saying use it as a vehicle for selfishness or your own healing, but it's a journey into that. Um, It'll show up when you don't want it. Exactly. If you're suppressing it, if you're suppressing it's going to come to the surface. I just saw something. I I just watched an interview between Brene Brown and Oprah, and she said to Oprah, the body keeps count, and it always keeps score, and it Mm -hmm. always wins. So no matter where you bury that stuff, it's going to come out. And as a reader, as a person receiving a reading, if you're in a place where you're burying, it's going to be the first thing that comes to the surface. like, let me show you. Let's just show you what's going on. Let me bring this to you. Like, you can't deny it if you're gonna like preach to somebody else come on that's it exactly i i think part of it is that the the healer (laughs) it's that that old adage like doctor heal thyself so like as a reader and as a person receiving a reading like yes you are showing up you're choosing to show up for the healing you're choosing to be open and vulnerable to that whole process and not really vulnerable but choosing to be open to the process right Mm -hmm. showing up with vulnerability um and, and really coming at this in that way, you're allowing the healing to occur. In doing that, whatever needs to be healed that lives right beneath the surface is what comes up. And again, like what you give out is what you're gravitating. Your energy, your frequency is pulling things that feel like, oh, that feels like it connects. Or like, how often do you go into a group and you're like, oh, I feel like I know you, right? You meet a person, you feel that connection to them. It's because your energy and their energy are on the same wavelength. You guys just jive and you pulled right into each other's experience. It's no different with other things. It's just a little bit more of a sequence to get there. Sometimes it's circumstances that it pulls in. But in this case, with clients, when you sit down, you're going to read for the things that you've experienced. You're going to heal some of those traumatic experiences that you've been through, uh, physical trauma, emotional trauma, the intersectionality of those two things. You're going to address those. They're going to pop up. You're going to see them. You're going to feel them because they are part of your signs and symbols because they're part of your experience. And so if another person needs it, you're going to be attuned to that feeling because it's a vulnerable space in you. So when it's actuated, you're going to go, oh, that's what this is. I can feel this. It brought up my own pain and start talking about it. And oftentimes, spirit will give you answers for that person in a way that you can digest yourself and apply into your own life if you should so choose. So sometimes it's a safe way to unpack. It's kind of like free therapy. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Or therapy that you get paid for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but I, that's definitely one of the experiences that I've found is you end up healing yourself. Um, yes, that was the next one. Okay. Um, so. Sorry, I psychic to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I was hoping that you would. Um, at what point the two, like a psychic reading with two psychics? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, so at what point should clients seek out readings and, like, okay, I'm trying to remember exactly how this question was asked because this was in person, so I had to remember it afterwards, but, and I think we also both have different answers for this too, which is funny. Mm. So, um, yeah, so when should a client seek out a reading and what type of reading and, like, do you have... 
kind of an answer for that because I can say a few things on this. Okay. Uh, I've had a lot of clients who, because I have a long wait list, will say, it's an emergency reading. And let me tell you, there's no such thing as an emergency reading. Right. Um, it doesn't exist. Maybe you think it exists, but there's no such thing as an emergency reading, only an emergency decision that you feel that you have to make that you don't feel self-certain about. So really, the reality of it is, if you have a decision that's that pressing, make the decision that you're afraid of, because that's usually what What's, you need. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully. <laughs> if you're conflicted about it and you need somebody else to validate it, just validate just it yourself. It. Yeah, just do just, it. Take the plunge. <laughs> <laughs> Go for gold. Um, but I I can only say that in regards to the emergency situation. Mm -hmm. In regards to situations where it's like, let's say like long-standing trauma, right? right. I would say um, at what point you should, you should seek out a reading at the point at which you are ready to accept the information. If you are not in a place where your which mind, is... body, spirit mm -hmm. is ready to receive that, don't do it. Yeah, because I actually just did a reading. I was like, you're not ready. What are you doing? Like, I'm, I apologize, but you're not ready. Like, you're coming here too soon. I will give you a reading, but I need you to understand. You're going to be defensive and angry, and these are the points which, and this is the order. And that's what happened. And, and she was like, she started out with, well, okay, thank you. And then <laughs> you told yep. me, I get it. I get this it. isn't what I wanted, but I asked for it. Damn it, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that's it. I, I think there's a there's a thing called psychic responsibility. And this is a thing that when you're in a professional capacity can be hard to exercise. Um, oh, yeah. It's hard for me to exercise because people wait so long. But I give people a lot of leeway. Uh, if they're not at a place where they're ready to be able to unpack their stuff, I'll tell them, I want you to wait, but mm -hmm. I want you... To, I'm gonna give you license to get back in the front of the line. Mm -hmm. I this is I give them a little code from the company, and they give that code to customer service, and they put them to the front of the line when they're ready. Um, and a lot of times, I will only do that in certain circumstances where I feel like a person is not at a place where they can unpack it. Right. Um, but when I do feel, a, again, that responsibility thing, I, I always try to exercise it. It's difficult to do. Not everybody's receptive to it. But if a person, there's a, some clients will force the reading and they'll mm -hmm. say, no, you have to do this. And I'm like, no, like I don't. I, I'm glad that you're paying me, but you can get a refund. We're right. good. Um, <laughs> we're covered. Um, and I, I think there are some situations where people will try to convince me of that. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll let them do it. But I can only tell you that those readings, for me, I know they they came back afterward when they were truly ready. Right. And admitted to me that they were not ready, but didn't realize that they weren't ready at that moment. They weren't ready to accept that. So... Right. The point at which you should get one is when you're ready for one, when right. you feel like you can handle that emotionally, if you're not at a place where you can do that, or, you know, in that vein, don't do it. Um, if you are uh, at a point where you feel like you should be ready, mm -hmm. I would say, but you're the kind of person who lives in a lot of anxiety or suffers through decisions, do it anyway. Yeah. Do it anyway. That's it. That's kind of like that same thing. Like, you feel you're in an emergency, you need to make a decision, take the plunge. That's Just it. go. Just do the thing. Yeah, because that's kind of like when the, and everything's high. Everything's true for everything. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty much, because you know, you already know, and you're just afraid of it, basically. Yep. I just had one last question, um, and that is, very generally, do you have any advice for... 
other readers. <laughs> and I'm sure, like, yes. I would love to go uh, into this more one day, but I think I'm going to end up doing this, like I said, in three parts. Okay. So this one's going to be about readings, and then the second one is going to cover uh, people that have not gotten readings. It's going to be a more of the client side of things. And then the last one I want to focus on readers. Okay. I... Do you want me to answer that question now? Yeah, I just want to just, like, just impart, like, a general uh, kind of basic advice. I can say um, if you're thinking about becoming a reader um, and it's something that is on your heart, right? Um, I've, I've said this to many people. Readers, professional readers, people who choose to do this as a part of their soul journey, they don't choose it, it chooses them. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, people will seek you out. There will be other readers, other sensitives who will say, this is what you're supposed to do, or will push you into a place where you have to do it. I have a very close friend. Um, her name is Siddy, and we, I met her at a store randomly, and she was behind a counter, and she looked like radiant light to me. I don't know how else to explain it. It was so bright. It was scary. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I've recently just met somebody, and I was like, what? You, you like... You have to do this. You, you're here already. You're in a shop. Like, we can make this work. And she was, like, the only one that was very aware of, of readings and... But she was still learning. I was like, it's fine. Like, we learn. We can learn. But at some point, like, you ha- you can do this. <laughs> you, I think part of it is that we don't trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an abnormal amount of self-faith because of practicing it over the years. Um, there's, like, if I go into a reading, I never go into a reading like, oh, what if I can't read this person? Oh, I'm yeah. always like... Oh, I've got this. Like, <laughs> there's, let's, let's go. That was like a new, like that was like an initial. Because whenever I did the psychic text, like that wasn't something I planned to do. Mm-hmm. It was offered to me, and I was like, I'm not ready. Oh, and then I, I, yeah, I was like, no, I'm not ready for I've this. I've never done this. What's going on? Like, I, like I don't know. Like at the point of like readings in general, I just was not ready for that. So it it came up out of nowhere, mm. and I didn't really know how to handle it, but. Now, like, looking back, that was a question I asked a lot is, like, am I going to be able to read this person? But then it was quickly, like, as soon as uh, whatever popped up, I was like, oh, okay. Done. Okay. And it soothing. I was in spirit. I was going. And, like, that was. Spirit shows up. Yeah, that's the thing that always Um, shows up. The other thing I really want to address is for people who might be like me in this way. Um, People who are... um, who have that innate connection, who feel it constantly. Um, one of the things that you really want to make sure that you do is that you exercise the gift because, and this is this is a bit that I really want to share, I believe in this thing called soul contracts. There are bits of your life that you show up here to do in a physical body mm-hmm. um, that you've decided to complete. And so for me, one of those things is being psychic um, and being a medium and being connected to this thing and if that's a part of your journey you may not understand it as that it might just feel like intense profound curiosity it might just feel like this powerful yeah, pull that's off of drawing you in that direction um for me if i'm not exercising it it's showing up in my relationships it shows up everywhere it like does, i can't describe yeah. it it's no matter where it is even just because I, I do work a regular job, like, it shows up everywhere. It's mm. constant in my life. Like, if I'm not doing it, 
it's it's there it's there and it's pushing me to do it and it's interesting because I think I met you right at the time where I didn't want to and I was like you know what I give up I'm just gonna sit in the shop until something happens and then <laughs> something happened yeah, one of my Jesus doubt moments and scared you <laughs> and I remember that too because you would like walk by me and I'd be like and you were just like, okay, not ready yet. And, like, you would come back and try me again, and I'm just like, bitch, try me again. One more time. I swear to God. You're trifling. <laughs> and then one day, I just, I can't remember, but I just came up to you, and I said something, and you're like, you're right. Like, you're here. Like, you got all excited, and I got all freaked out. And I was just like, uh, Chris, help me. <laughs> So, I might be a little overbearing when it comes to being in spirit. The struggle's real. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. Oh, I know. I've um, gotten used to it. I'm glad it takes it takes adaptation. I can only I I can only say that when I'm in that space, um, I know that what spirit is saying is correct, and it will be correct in divine timing. Yeah. And you will decide whether or not you want to actuate if you want to step forward and into that and mm -hmm. if you are a person and I want to redress redress the situation because it's really important right. if you are a person that feels that you are being pulled into this line of work by spirit or some force that you don't understand or it keeps showing up if you are not showing up for your healing mission other things will become your healing mission it will become your boyfriend it will yeah. become your job it will become your friendships and those relationships in your life will become unhealthy as a result so and you don't my, want that you don't want that so my advice to you is if this is what you are being pulled to do by infinite wisdom right mm -hmm. by spirit by god by whatever you want to call it the universe if this is happening to you please do yourself a favor even if you just dip your toe in the water yeah do it's it important give it a shot it really does come up everywhere like i think i've been the mediator at my job for the past two years past three years almost and Everything that comes along is just been as hard. And I think I've talked about it a little bit on my podcast before. Like, just having my different relationships has always been really difficult because if you're not doing it in one way, it's mm -hmm. going to come up. So, you're gonna having your to mission. fix people, yeah, and having to fix people is going to show up where it shouldn't be. Like, yep. you shouldn't be in a relationship where you feel like you're constantly having to fix someone else. It's yep. not right. It shouldn't be like that at work either. Yep. I mean, unless you're the boss, but I guess that's... <laughs> I'm not, trust me. <laughs> but typically, if this is the direction that you are being pulled by spirit, it's because this is, uh, this may be a part of your long-term path. And if you, you are, avoid it. You, do, you don't, because if you are, are seeking, your soul is seeking its fullest expression, mm -hmm. right? Underneath all of the physical actions that you're taking, there's a part of you that seeks absolute expression to be the most whole, full version of yourself. And until you're showing up for all the aspects of what reflects that wholeness, you're going to feel incomplete and yes. messages are going to show up that are going to lead you in that direction until you start showing up and saying yes to it. Um, so this, somebody's knocking, you know, yeah. go answer the door, go pay attention. And the other thing is, is don't like, if you know, you're going to know, don't doubt yourself because I think that was another yes. part of it is that I just, not only did I not want to do it, but I also doubted like, why would I be the person to do this? Like, why would I be somebody why am I in line? Like, after, like, Everything that I've been through, I was thinking, like, that would be reason for me not to. But it was actually, like, all of that was all preparing me for. That's so it's it. literally the opposite. So yeah. don't think that you're not the right person. Mm -hmm. Just because you've been through stuff 
just because you carry trauma or you have pain or you have those experiences in your life that are hard to talk about, it does not mean that you are not worthy of showing up for your healing mission. It's actually quite the opposite. It's the way that you will empathize most with other people who go through really serious, intense things. And maybe that's a part of your mission. Maybe that's a part of you healing that. And then you can move on from those readings once you've healed them and go into a new cycle. Um, but really what it comes down to is don't diminish yourself based on what you've been through. Right. Don't tell yourself that you can't do something based on your experiences because she's, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's conditioning. It's training. This is sometimes life is a training ground for what you're going to show up to do. Um, exactly. And, and the other part of that is even when I was talking about how I felt like I was, my abilities were abused so much. Mm. I also know the full extent of all of the things that I can truly do. Mm. And I haven't even, like, even though this is, like, the most I've been working on my gifts, I haven't even tapped into all of that. Yeah. Because it used to be so strong. It used to be so much more. But I was using it constantly. Mm. And now it's, like, I'm going to go into this again, but in a different light. Like, I'm in control this time. So. I can say that muscles, if they are not used, do atrophy. But I don't think that's the reason why it's not coming through in the same way. Well, I think it's also a better reason. It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's a, better. Well, filtered, like, filtered and controlled is a better way to yes, handle the gift. Yes, 100%. it is. I, I went through this for years. Um, I would go through this thing. My, my mother actually used to observe this all the time until I got the job that I work at now, mm -hmm. I would get compulsive anxiety. Yeah. Um, and it would come over me in waves and I would connect to a person's energy and I would start accidentally slipping into listening because I was always plugged in all the time. Right. And feeling the energy of spirit step in was more energy than my body could handle. So I, right. I would start to uh, like hyperventilate almost. I would get into a space where I'd be like, because <gasps> the energy was too much for me to handle. And then I would say the message and it would, I would go on with my day and I could yeah. normalize and, it. And it's interesting because there's no filter. Not only that, but like I remember my mother, she would always kind of like know uh, that certain situations were really hard for me because mm. there was so much going on or there was so much kind of honestly bad people around me. And so that, like, being in that space, it was, half of it was different because it's survival mode, mm -hmm. and now it's not, and it's, at the, but at the same time, there's, there's, like, a lot of differences, and a lot of them are good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think, is there anything else you want to say, or are you good? Because I think we covered everything in part, like, even if it's into another question, I think we've almost, we've I think really we're, covered it. I think we've covered most of the stuff, um. The only thing that I really want to say to, mm -hmm. to other readers, and this is this is super important, um, I work in really high volume, so I understand uh, connecting with energies that don't work for you, um, or don't jive with you, or don't always oh, feel comfortable. That's right. Um, yeah. I think for people who are doing this, one of the things that we don't like to practice, it's mm -hmm. because we like being really open and transparent because it feels really good to be in that space, to feel connected, to feel... Uh, loved by spirit in that way you're always loved by spirit but you have to shield this gift and protect yeah. it you have to be in a space where you're honoring the gift because this this comes from experience but when you are not honoring the gift the quality of the work that you are going to do is going to suffer as a result of it oh when you are in a space where you're not protecting this and treating it like a gift treating it like 
treasure, like your own energy, your own spirit is treasure because that's really what it is at the end of the day. It's one of the most sacred things in this world. You are going to devalue it and so other people will also devalue it. Yeah, so, so you, you have to be careful. Like don't don't confuse helping everybody else, mm-hmm. like helping everybody else with using your gift wisely because yes. there's going to be a people, like I said, that are going to abuse that. Yeah. Or that sometimes just don't mix well. Like so there's something mm-hmm. with them that is not going to be good for you and you have to recognize that and be able to, it's, it's almost like a maturity thing. You have to be able to kind of cut back and say, this, this one wasn't for me. That's an advanced set. We should do that in part three. Yeah, we need to. But yeah. um, I think that's everything for right now. We will, yeah, we, we have to do a part three with readers because I really want to do that. Um, this is Christian. Hey, You're guys. Amazing Christian. Thanks for listening to my rants. I hope you guys appreciate <laughs> them. Um, I hope that they were helpful in some way and might have given you a bit of insight into the practice, into what it means to be a reader, um, to receive a reading. Um, so I really hope that it helped you guys to get some clarity on that front. Yeah. Looking forward to doing this again. I know. Me too. Okay. Right. Cause I think you're like, all right. So that is everything for right now. I will, um, be uploading the second part of this episode. I think a month away from when I'm uploading this one. So stay tuned for that. And I'm going to also add a little bit more about uh, general info of psychic readings and how they work and also tarot, oracle, runes, and all of the other good stuff. 